is it would change the way in which we live. It would cause us to abide in Him. It would cause us to look for His coming. It would change everything. See, many of us, we like to look at church. We don't gaze too much at who God is. We come to church and we look a lot at the people. We look a lot at the steeple. right? We look at all these things. We look at the outside things that man produces, that man does. We look at ministries and mission boards, and we look at dollars and cents and numbers of people and clothes and songs and all these things, and we see everything, but yet we're missing the whole point of it, and it's who God is. We're not here because there's a steeple on top. We're not here because there's a mission board. We're not here because there's dollars and cents or pews to sit in or songs to be sung. We're here because of the God of all those things. And that God, if you know that he is righteous, it is a no-brainer. It's not even a question for John. He's not saying, do you think God's righteous? Do you want him to be righteous? It is, if you know that he's righteous, then you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. This brings an assurance once more. Here, Cruz writes, this verse begins a long treatment of the fundamental connection between knowing God and doing righteousness, which provides a basis for distinguishing those who are the children of God from those who are the children of the devil. You want to know what a child of the devil looks like? He looks an awful lot like the Baptist who wakes up on Sunday morning, turns on TBN or Thomas Road, whatever's on, I don't know. They turn on some sort of Christian music or gospel music. And they wear their nice tie. right? They, they wear their pleated pants or they wear their finest dress, and they know all the right words, and they come checkbook in hand, ready to give. They, they come ready to sing the old songs as long as it's the songs that they like. And they come making sure that everyone behaves just like they behave in the church and make sure that there's kids there, but making sure that they behave and walk the line. Making sure that, uh, you know, everyone sings good enough, but will be the one to judge afterwards if it was good or not. They're the ones who are there, oh, I sure love preaching, but mostly just want to eat roast preacher for lunch on Sunday afternoon. They've already got it in the crock pot. Right? It's already there. And all the while they've done this 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and inside they have no real assurance of their salvation. Inside, they don't really know God and they're clinging to their outward works and they're clinging to their tradition or their work or their way of life to get them there or to be good enough. That's what this person looks like. That's a child of the devil. They're not really trusting in Christ. They're trusting in everything outward that they can control. Everything outwardly that they want. So what would a person who is born of him look like? A person who is born of him looks a lot like the soul who wakes up late, spills a cup of coffee, says a bad word when they did it, asks for forgiveness, doesn't put on a suit because they can't afford one, so they wear the only clean clothes that they got. They come through the back doors, and they shuffle in without a checkbook, without a tie. They find a spot where they're not going to be in someone's way because, you know, they've sat in someone's seat before. And boy, that didn't go good. 
They're going to be the ones who are going to sing, but try not to be heard by other people, but they just want to sing to the Lord, and they're, they're, they just want to know God. So they're not but so worried about what they look like or things, but they know that other people do. Their shoulders are kind of down. Their head is down as they greet people. They just are looking for a smile and acceptance. But on the inside, when the songs are sung and the word is preached, boy, is their heart lifted. Their heart is turned to the God that they actually know and trust in because they know, like the sinner who stands next to the Pharisee and prays, while the Pharisee says, God, aren't I so good, and thank you for not letting me be like this wretch over here. And then the, the publican would say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus would say, which one leaves justified? The child of God is one who has a sincere heart that is abiding in Christ. That is not often seen in the clothes or the polish on shoes, the size of the Bible, or the checkbook. It's a heart that knows God, wants to abide in God, and wants to worship God. And that's why they're there. The sad reality, though, is we can look and base things in our churches or our own lives on what we see on the outside, but I would say that there's fewer who come born of him to church than there are those who go to church who aren't children of the devil. A child of the devil doesn't have red skin, pointy tail, and horns. Neither does the devil. A child of the devil comes not abiding in the Lord, not abiding in his word, but abiding in religion. They've abided and abided and abided in that so long that they wouldn't know what a relationship with Christ looks like if it slapped them in the head. It says, if you know that he is righteous, then you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Why? Because the natural progression is if we actually know God and his righteousness and holiness, that's going to change us. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And the issue with many of our churches today, and we should probably do a heart check here as well, is many people who have been saved, born again, we've expected the next week to look the part, give the part, sing the part, do the part, and they've known the Lord for five, six days. What they need is grace, the same grace that saved them, the same grace that will keep them saved, and the same grace that will lead them home. The same grace that you need in your heart to be able to give that grace. Because God is righteous, therefore those that abide in him must be righteous as well. The issue for man, though, is that nothing we can do on our own is righteous, is good enough, is right enough, is holy enough, because all of our righteousness is what? It's filthy rags. It's heaping piles of dung. It sounds harsh or it sounds crude, that's the reality of your righteousness. It's nothing. It's worthless. That's why we need a heart transplant. That's why we need to be given all of, our, all of our filthy rags to the Lord, and he needs to give us and clothe us in his righteousness. That's salvation. That's abiding in him. That's to truly know him. See, the ones who do what we would call righteousness, which righteousness does not look like the right outfit and the right words and the right things or the biggest checkbook, righteousness looks like a right heart and it stems from that that's the that's the foundation of it all righteousness on the outside when we see it with hands 
happens first in the heart and in the, in the head. It's knowing God, believing God, and then serving the Lord. It's an inward, it's an outward uh, response of this inward knowledge of God. You want proof? Proof that you are born of Him? It's going to be from abiding in Him and knowing that you actually know Him, having that assurance, and seeing that fruit in your life. Now, does that mean that you won't sin anymore? No. It, of course it means you're going to sin still. Why? Because we're in our flesh. John's already addressed this. That's why he's already told us, if you sin, when you sin, confess it. And He's faithful and just to cleanse you. And, and this relationship still stays the same. There will be no good in a person or coming out of someone who has not been born again in abiding in Christ. We are told in the Scripture to be transformed. Be holy. This is our true proof of real faith. Real faith is not, not that we do the right stuff that man has made on the outside, but it's that we do what God says on the inside. It's that we are right before Him because we are saved and that we do right before Him because we are saved. Not to be saved, but because we are saved. David Guzik writes, we will not be perfect righteousness. We will, excuse me, we will not perfect righteousness until we are glorified with Jesus. But we can practice righteousness right now as we are born of Him. Today, if you know Him and truly know Him, may we actually live like it. May we have the confidence to know that it's not us doing this, but it's Christ in us, and that it might bring us this confidence and assurance that one day when He does return, we'll be confident at His appearing. We'll be able to rejoice at His appearing. And that right now we can long for His appearing, as we should. But it also serves as a warning today to all those who play church, play Christian, you are nothing but a twofold child of the devil with a suit on, a Bible in your hand, and a nice checkbook. You must be born again. Abide in Him and stay abiding in Him. That is where the fruit is. That's where the discipleship is. That's where the growth is. That's where the peace is. That's where the joy is. That's where the confidence is. Abide in Him. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your, your word that we can open up and be changed by it, God. That's why we open it up, Lord. Maybe not just go through motions today. and we not just try to check boxes on our spiritual checklist. God, when we come before you asking for mercy, asking for grace, knowing that if anything happens in this place that is good, it's going to be because of you. It's going to through, be through the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would prepare us now, prepare our hearts to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we love you and we thank you once more for this time. God, direct us. And Lord, may you have your will and your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, let's take a pause for the cause.